The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from writer and cartoonist Michael Patrick Duggan. How's your week going? Well, I am in crunch time for my big, fulsome show. This one has been challenging, so I have decided that this is going to be my very last fulsome body. This is it. If you're in San Francisco, I'd advise you to be there because our Folsom Kinktaculars are such a great show. Everybody comes straight from the street fair, well not straight, comes from the street fair in their leather. They smell so good. Pheromones. Mm. They get an icy cold unicorn's butthole cocktail or a CBT or a FetLife first date and they get a chair for their butt and there's boots and there's leather harnesses. And there's ponies and puppies and, oh my God, it is eye candy everywhere. And there's an extra dirty bango and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I'm distracted. Um, So yeah, this one has been an extra hard one. And I've given some serious thought to it and I've decided it is time to stop doing what's not working. And I don't know what Folsom's going to look like because it's not Sunday yet when I'm recording this. But I can tell you right now, this feels like it's not working. So I am going to regroup and say this should be the last Folsom. I'm going to change a lot of things and start planning my next year and figure out what does work and throw my energy at that. Let's see what sticks. So yeah, this will be my last Folsom buy a ticket to the live stream and you can watch it show up in San Francisco and be surrounded by hot people in leather or black t-shirts and jeans for the people who don't own leather dark garden corsetry is giving me this amazing corset to wear on stage I'm throwing together an ensemble at the last minute and I think it's gonna look pretty good and you're gonna want to see that And I can tell you, I've had a hell of a time finding a photographer because everybody wants to party at Folsom. It's hard to pull things together. So maybe there'll be pictures, maybe there won't. I don't know. Being an event producer after a pandemic, that has been... I don't want to complain. Okay. I've had some sort of flu this week. It's not the flu flu because I had my flu shot last a week and a half ago. It's not a reaction to the flu shot. It's just something that's had me throwing up constantly. 
trying to get ready for a big show when you've had to be extra because things keep falling apart has been interesting. But as I said, I'm tired of complaining, so let's talk about more interesting things. This week's story is from a dear friend from Los Angeles. And as I found this story and was listening to it, it brought up some really wonderful memories. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about this storyteller and our relationship. The backstory on stories is always fun. And this isn't so much about the story as the storyteller. His name is Michael Patrick Duggan. And Michael Patrick and I, is that the most Irish name you ever heard? I'm pretty Irish, but Michael Patrick Duggan kicks my ass up and down the street when it comes to being Irish, I think. Michael Patrick Duggan and I got to be friends when he came to my L.A. show because for, I don't know, five years, I used to take body down to L.A. every single month. It started when I hit immense success way back in 2011, and the first show I wanted to do down there Everybody wanted to be in it. Nina Hartley wanted to be in it. Like, we had rock stars in our first show down in L.A. Everybody I asked was a yes. And I was like, this is great and weird. So it felt like if the universe is giving you a yes, you should go with that, right? And Michael Patrick and I met each other, I don't know, probably a couple years into my five-year run in Los Angeles. And we became really good friends. He told many times on my stage. But we got into a routine of either he'd come to the show or we'd plan to have brunch the next morning. And the great thing about doing live events is if your friends do live events, they're not going to call you at 8 o'clock the next morning and say, hey, let's go get breakfast. They also do events. They're going to say, do you want to meet for brunch at noon because you want to sleep in because you were trying to park in a really tough neighborhood in L.A., at 2 a.m. after you tried to strike your show and dealt with the venue and cleaned everything up and dealt with your volunteers and paid your performers and got all your equipment back from the staff. And yeah, it's not glamorous. And so I'd try and sleep in. However, in LA, they love leaf blowers. So no matter how much you tried to sleep in, there was always a leaf blower right outside your window So they'd wake you up really early anyway, and it's hot in LA, so you never could sleep in, but you try. And Michael Patrick and I would almost every month get together and have brunch, talk about our shows, talk about storytelling. We love to nerd out on storytelling. And we just have this regular place that we'd meet for breakfast, have like six cups of coffee together, Sometimes other storytellers would join us and we'd have this coffee clutch. And it was so nice. I felt like I had storytelling community in LA. I felt like I I had a lot of friends there. And Michael Patrick was kind of the center of it. He was my closest friend. He's also an incredible artist. And one time, I wanted to give a gift to Kevin Allison of The Risk Show. And... You know, I've always liked superheroes. I've always liked comic book art. And that's what Michael Patrick Duggan specializes in. So I said, Michael Patrick, I want to make some art for Kevin Allison. And I was wondering if you could make him into a superhero. And he said, sure, what what kind of superhero would he be? And I said, "Um, 
Well, you want to make him look, you know, great. You want to give him, he's a superhero. You want to give him a 12 pack. Of course, he's going to have great red hair and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't know, if I was to go for it, I would give him something that would be pervy. You want to make him Captain Rimjob or something like that? And it was beautiful. And uh, I sent it to Kevin, and I think he loved it. I mean, you know, you never know with stuff like that. It could be, oh, that's great, or Jesus Christ. Um, But he seemed to love it, and I loved it so much. I'm like, would you make me a superhero? And uh, he said, sure, I'll make you a superhero. Who you want to be? And um, he said, if you had superpowers, what would they be? And I said, well, back in my sex party every weekend days, one time I was hanging out with what I called the baby strippers. I had a bunch of uh, exotic dancers who were really young. They'd always come hang out at sex parties, and they were just old enough to start working at clubs like Mitchell's and places like that. And they'd come hang out with me because they thought I was fun. And um, the next kinky salon was going to be superhero-themed. And they were like, Dix, are you gonna are you gonna be a superhero at the next Kinky Salon? And I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. And they're like, What's your superhero? And I said, Would you like to meet my superhero? And, <laughs> and they're like, Yeah. And one in particular was like, Yeah, I wanna I wanna meet it. I'm like, okay. Uh <laughs> her nickname was Chops. I'm like, Chops, get on that velvet couch right there. We're in this big wide room. I might have had a couple cocktails, y'all. And I sit around this velvet couch. There's nobody in between this wide room. This is kind of like a dance floor that's got velvet couches along the edge, but nobody's on the dance floor. There's a show going on on the other side of the club, and she sits there, and uh, I step all the way back to the other wall, uh, way across from her, and um, everybody's like, what's the name of your superhero? And I'm like, my superhero is the Mamarian. The mammarian kills evildoers with her boobs. Evildoers, beware! And I go flying at chops across the room. And as I run across the room, I pull my top down. It's a bustier. And I climb on her on the couch. And I slam my tits into her face. And I motorboat her. Uh, She didn't know that was going to happen. And she was not excited about it. It was not cool. Consent, 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 consent. And uh, she bit me on the nipple so hard, I learned to never do that again. So, you know, we learn things in the process of, you know, our careers in sex parties. It was a long time ago, y'all. I know better now. Um, Probably still have a mark on that boot from her because she bit hard. So uh, when Michael Patrick asked me who my superhero would be, I said, well, my go-to superhero is the Mammarian. And I told him the story. And so he created a superhero of the Mammarian. I might just put the art somewhere where you can see it. And he created, (laughs) we went back and forth on the art because the thing I learned about Michael Patrick is he makes beautiful women. But he, I don't know, he makes women flattering, and I'm fat, and he just kept making me super sexy, and I'm like, I don't look like that. 
And he's like, how about this one? I'm like, now I'm pregnant. That's pregnant superhero. And he goes, how about this? And I'm like, no, you're putting it all in the belly. And then my tits just kept getting bigger. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to accept it because it's super flattering, but it doesn't look anything like me, honey. But thank you. So he eventually made this piece of art that says, Dixie Delator is the mammarian with two very big superpowers. She fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and body storytelling. And there's a little speech bubble that says, Hey, evildoers, y'all ought to beware. And I loved it. It's so cute. It's so sexy. It's not me. My ego's not that big. But I loved it so much, I ended up turning it into my logo. And that's the logo that you see on the podcast every week. Uh, The podcast has me. He adapted it to hold the marquee that says Body Storytelling. And it's got that red mullet that I'm known for. The rest of it doesn't really look like me. But I liked the image that he created of me. And it was somebody I love who showed me how he saw me. So I took it. (laughs) so Michael Patrick is not just an amazing artist he's an incredible storyteller and as we were going through LA Files recently I came across a story about a hookup he had way back in the day Michael Patrick has left LA he was the founder of the LA Storytelling Festival and for several years Body Storytelling was the big finale of the LA Storytelling Festival And I loved going down and getting to see the other shows and getting to be part of this huge festival that felt so big time to me. But recently, Michael Patrick moved away and he's in the Midwest now with his husband, Alan, and they seem really happy. He does coloring books. If you love coloring books, I love his coloring books. I have a few of them and I highly recommend them when you're stressed out and you're anxious ain't nothing like a coloring book and he also has many kinds of books i'll put the link in the show notes so i just wanted to tell you about the incredible storyteller that you're going to hear from this week and if you possibly can please join us on the live stream this week or show up in person in san francisco because i'm trying to figure it all out y'all i don't know what i'm doing but it feels like There's change in the air. It's not just that it's fall now, but something's coming. And I don't know what it's going to mean for Bonnie. I have to be open to the hand that life's about to deal me. So if it feels like I'm not doing things the way I always have, it's because I've watched a lot of shows fold lately. And I've watched a lot of things I love go away. And I don't want to be one of those beloved things that goes away. So, I'm going to do my best to hang in there. All this talk about a recession has me pretty scared. So, if I am nothing, I am persistent as fuck. I have always been persistent as fuck. And I'm going to do my damnedest to figure it out. So stay tuned. Because that's what I'm doing. I'm just staying tuned. When she moved back to her hometown, Gia never expected to run into Jack. But when she sees him at the local dive bar, she finds herself drawn to him all over again. Want to know what happens next? 
or maybe you want to know a whole lot more. Check out this sexy story and many more on Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. Hear the sexy voices of Sarunas J. Jackson, ER Fightmaster, Luke Cook, and many others in stories like you've never heard before. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you'll always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. And for listeners of the Body Storytelling Podcast, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Dixie. You heard that right. That's 30 days of full access for free. When you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Dixie. Okay, I want to tell you about upcoming live events for body storytelling. This coming Sunday, is it happening right now? It's happening any minute now because this podcast episode is probably coming out right about that time. It's our Folsom show, our very last body Folsom Street Fair event. And our lineup is going to include TV and film producer and director Madison Young, ethical slut co-author Janet Hardy, who earlier that day is going to be presented with the Race Bannon Advocacy Award on stage at Folsom. We're going to include Bay Area Renaissance Daddy Al Ramluan, first-time trans storyteller Alexander Anthony, we're going to have international cabaret and burlesque sensation Alada Boutte. You've heard Alada tell stories on the body stage many times before. We're going to have burlesque performer Sydney Devereaux and the cyclone of burlesque Redbone and so much more. It's going to be a great show. What a way to go out, right? That's going to be on Sunday, September 25th, right after the Folsom Street Fair. And shortly thereafter, we've got our return to Seattle on Saturday, October 15th. And you know, here's a special event that's happening. It is going to be Canadian superstar Shirley Gnome's first visit back to the U.S. We are going to be her first event back in the United States. I'm pretty proud of that one. And we're also going to have on our stage, we're going to have storytellers, host of the Good Girls Talk About Sex podcast, Leah Carey, burlesqueteer and Buffy fan, Magnolia Rouge, and more. So there's a couple of surprises still to be revealed. This is a brand new venue. Our first time back in Seattle in almost three years. And this show is going to sell out. That's pretty clear. So get your tickets as soon as possible. Come to our last Folsom show. Get tickets to the live stream for our last Folsom show. Be there in person for our Seattle show. It might be live streamed. We're trying to figure out if that's possible because it's a brand new venue. We don't know it's possible at this venue. Honestly, this was the only venue that I looked at in February of 2020. Just on the off chance, we kept selling out the rebar. And I thought, you know might be smart, might want to look at another venue just in case. 
I had no idea what was coming. And this was the venue I looked at. So we're doing our show there. So I hope to see you in Seattle in October. We had people who came over the border from Canada all the time to see Body. And if you're in Canada, come on down. I hope to see you at a live show and get your tickets now. I love to learn and it only benefits me when that learning is about my own body and my health. It's one of the reasons that I like Everlywell at-home lab tests. I've done their food sensitivity and metabolism tests. It was simple and easy and I did it right at home. Everlywell's at-home lab tests can give you more clarity, confidence, and well-being with their over 30 at-home lab tests. You get physician-reviewed results and personalized insights so you can take action on your health and wellness all at an affordable and transparent cost. Everlywell ships their at-home lab tests straight to you with everything needed for a simple sample collection. You use the prepaid shipping label and mail your test back to a certified lab. In just days, your physician-reviewed results and actionable insights are sent to your device. And you can share the results with your primary care physician to help guide your next steps. Everlywell's food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, and thyroid are just a few of the many options. Everlywell also has high quality vitamins and supplements to support your overall health. Choose from a variety of options, including vitamin D3 and omega-3 fish oil. And their STI tests discreetly allow you to test for seven types of STIs, all from the privacy of your own home. Getting tested regularly and knowing your STI status protects you and your partners. And you can discreetly test at home with Everly Well. And for listeners of this show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash Dixie. When you know more, you can do more. What if you could use science to discover more about your body? Find out what you need for a healthier tomorrow with Everly Well. Go to everlywell.com slash Dixie for 20% off your at-home lab test. Let me tell you a little bit about this week's storyteller because it's time for a story. Michael Patrick Duggan is a writer and cartoonist. His latest novel is Poison and Power, Golden Heart Mysteries, Book One. He is also known for his coloring book series, including Mythical Women, Mandela's and Punctuation Marks, Myths and Monsters, Books 1 through 3, and Moon Princesses and Space Monsters. There's a link to his books on Amazon, and his coloring books are really fun. This storyteller is Michael Patrick Duggan. All right, so this story goes back a little in time. Back when I was in my 30s, which we'll pretend wasn't that long ago, and um, I haven't always looked like Billy Joel. <laughs> you know, anyway, so thing is, uh, back then I was, I was all right. But uh, I, you know, I found myself in a spot of singletonness, and I was like hanging out with my friends at the bars in a certain part of West Hollywood, as it were, as you do, you know. I had gathered the posse, it was one particular night, sometime in mid-February, actually. And so that's cool, but not tonight. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm trying to tie it together, but it's not working. So, uh, you know, I had gone, I loved the mother load. Does anybody know the mother load here? My gays know it? Yeah. 
And I gathered the boys together, drunk Colin, little Peter, and Utah Mike, my posse. I called them drunk Colin because he was always drunk, <laughs> you know. Uh, little Peter because he was short. And Utah Mike because he was remarkably capable of converting Mormons to the gay agenda when they came to his front door. So, you know... We called him Utah Mike. So, you know, it was great, and the four of us were going out. But I was in my mid-30s and single for too long now, and we're wandering around. We're doing patrol around the motherlode. If you are a gay man, you know exactly what I'm fucking talking about with patrol, by the way. And that is you get a drink and you pretend to be headed somewhere with your drinks, talking to one another because you can't hear a goddamn word each other is saying, whatever. But really what you're doing is scoping out every face in the room so you can figure out who you're going to sleep with, you know, because that's how it works. Some gays are all about community. I'm not. <laughs> I go to a gay bar for one reason, and that's to get laid. So <laughs> that's it. But uh, so this particular night, the boys lined up. There was a Mormon protesting out in front of the bar, so Utah Mike nabbed him and left immediately. <laughs> that left me with drunk Colin and little Peter. Little Peter is a particularly beautiful young blonde man who has a face like an angel or otherworldly visage, as it were. He's like an ambassador from the planet Blowjob. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that just ruined my punch. But, um, you know, so he was gone immediately. That just left me with drunk Colin, who, by the way, now we call sober Colin. You know, it happens. But, uh... You know, and the thing about Drunk Colin is that he was particularly un-Irish in certain ways, and that is that he had the, the most gigantic penis you've ever seen in your life. And when he gets panicked and nervous and he sees that Peter and Utah Mike are gone, he quickly showed it to a little Filipino boy, and they left immediately. And I am alone now at the bar on patrol, you know, in my mid-30s. And I'm thinking to myself, geez... I can't take this anymore. This lifestyle is fucking killing me. I also can't hear anything. I'm too old for this. What am I going to do? So I found like a little spot to stop patrolling and just stood there because I'm going to finish my drink because I am Irish and uh, that's going to fucking happen. And then I'm going to fucking leave or have another drink. You never know. But, uh, you know, mostly I'm planning on leaving. And just then from the corner of my eye, a young man just floats into my like peripheral vision. The thing is, my peripheral vision is my least favorite of visions, and young men are fine, but I don't really want to talk to them, you know what I mean? I would like to talk to a man, <laughs> a man, not a young man. So anyway, end up in a bad mood, and the music is terrible because Madonna's fading and Lady Gaga hasn't arrived yet, so we're stuck with fucking Gwen Stefani, and I'm just like... <laughs> fuck, I can't take this anymore, you know? I don't know what I'm doing here. This is awful. She's very fashionable, but, you know, very, like, and so I'm just like, I have to go. I have to go. Anyway, this young man is, like, floating there. He's trying to get my attention. I can see it now. I'm like, no. And then he finally just, he just says it to me. He's like, hey, you know, I'm really into older guys. You know? Yeah. Well, I was um, not surprised. <laughs> so I said to him, um, so am I. <laughs> you know. Which, by the way, in gay is fuck off. <laughs> you know, so 
Just if you're wondering if there's a direct translation, that's it right there. So I'm about to let him go, but then I happen to glance at him and I realize suddenly that he is actually stunning as all fuck AF. Totally stunning. I can't even take my fucking eyes off of him. You know what I mean? He had like the fucking whitest teeth I have ever seen. His skin looked like something from another fucking world. I couldn't believe it. And he was covered in muscles and he was just looking at me with such disappointment. <laughs> you know? Ah! And so then I said to him, I'm sorry, that was rude. And he says, oh, it's okay. He says, I, I was probably just really weird with you. I'm so tired. Because I just flew in from the Olympics. I'm a gymnast and I'm exhausted. And I'm like... Like, what, what did you say about older guys? I didn't think I quite heard that over the Gwen fucking Stefani. You know what I mean? He's like, I love them. I can't get... I'm like, great. That's true. I happen to be older. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, and I'm a great fan of the Olympics. Really? Already. All right. So much more to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll make it brief. He says to me, let's go. Let's go back to my place. And I'm like, great. So we drive back. And then it turns out, this is another little ALA moment here. He lives three blocks from me. So, which means I get to park at my house and walk over. It's like a fucking LA night. The best night ever. And he's an Olympic gymnast. Oh, I can't believe my fucking luck here. So I get to his house and I'm like, listen, that's, this is great. He opens the door and he's like, come in. I want to show you something right now. And I'm like, show it. Show it to me, please. And he's like, it's right over here. It's called World of Warcraft. I fucking love it. I fucking love World of Warcraft. I can't get enough of it. And I'm like, oh my God, you're a 23rd level elven wizard who rides a dragon. That's amazing. He's like, here, I'm going to play it for a while. And we talk while I play. I'm like, oh. And then I'm like, okay. And then he's like, he's like, hey, we should have a drink. And I'm like, great, let's do that. He's like, I only have tequila. I'm like, that's fine. I hate tequila. But... I'm like, that's fine. So he goes in, he comes back with it, and it's got like manga characters on the wrapper. And I'm like, oh, Japanese tequila. <laughs> you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's from Japan. And I'm like, great. So I'm sipping the tequila, and he's fucking playing World of Warcraft for the next 40 minutes. And I'm just, pa I'm patient. I am fucking patient. That's what that's about. And he's like, yeah. And so then finally, I'm exhausted. Plus, it's nearly 10 o'clock, my bedtime. So I got to go. And I'm like, I have to leave. And he's like, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a jock strap. I'll go put it on. And I'm like, oh, finally, we're back to the fucking gay stuff. <laughs> you know, good. You go do that. And I... I am really fucking drunk now, though. I'm literally drunk. I'm not feeling so good. I head down the hall. I'm like, I'm just going to use your bathroom for a second. I head down the hall. By the way, I get into the hall, and in double, I can just see he's got, like, all these fucking pictures of him on handlebars and swinging around on bar things. And I'm really drunk. I think to myself, who has this many pictures of themselves? You know? <laughs> Olympians. <laughs> you know? Anyway, I get into the bathroom, and I'm going to tell you a little secret about tequila and me. We don't get along. <laughs> you know? I realize I'm going to probably have to, like, sit down for a moment in the bathroom. So I do, and then I fucking 
just, it's like fucking Chernobyl in there. I just fucking explode. And it takes fucking forever. It's so horrible that my eyes are burning. You know what I mean? I can't believe it. I don't know what to do. So I get done. You know, I get finally. And I can sort of hear him in the hall. I don't know what to do about that. But I'm just, you know, you have to do what you have to do. You know? So then I hear him out there. So then I'm like, oh, airspray. I'll get a little airspray. We're going to solve this right now. Guess what? When you're a 21-year-old fucking Olympic gymnast, what you do not have in your bathroom? Airspray! <laughs> you, know? you don't have it. You don't need it because you fucking like pole vault poop everywhere. I don't know. And so he's like got none of that. And I get up and I'm like all dizzy now. And I'm like, fuck, I can't even think. So then I'm like, oh, the airspray's probably in like the, the, the medicine box, right? That mirrored thing right there. I pull that open, full of vitamins, fucking vitamins. But then I'm like, there's probably something behind it. So I like just reach over. I can't quite see my own hand. It's moving in every direction. I just sort of grab the glass shelf thing to for support for a moment. And it just fucking tears out and shatters everywhere. Also, the vitamins spilled out of their little vitamin casings all over the floor. Horrible. And I'm stepping on them now. And I don't know what to do. But then I happen to notice he's got cabinets below. And I think, okay, I'll pull this thing down here open. I'm going to get it. And I just end up I stand up pulling everything out and throwing it fucking everywhere. I don't mean to. I'm just so drunk and I can't think straight. So I just throw everything all over the place. But then I'm down on the ground now. And I look up and I realize I have to get back up there in order to move forward and he's now behind the door. And so I'm like, okay, oh, there's a bar on the wall. Normally it has a towel on it. And I think, oh, I'll just grab that and pull myself back up. But instead I just sort of rip it out of the fucking wall. Just just tear it away. And then I'm like, fuck, oh God. So I just go over to the door. I've given up. I'm done. I rip the door open, kind of, and, uh, and he's standing there. And you know what? He is in a jock strap, and he looks spectacular. And he also, for a moment, maybe there were two of him. I couldn't tell. Anyway, he looks sort of excited, like this was exactly what he wanted to happen tonight. So I say... We gonna do this? <laughs> and he says, I called the fucking police. <laughs> I run. It's a new Olympic event. I just pass him by. I run through the living room, past games of World of Warcraft. I run out onto the street. I take a different route to my house because I'm fucking Irish and I know how this works. So I just kind of go like a different fucking way around, you know. And I get back to my house and nothing happens and I'm so relieved. Towel rack in hand, I can't believe I still have it. I think to myself, this is great. What a great night. I lived, I lived. And then I remembered, I forgot to flush when I left. Thank you so much. And now he's making out with the timekeeper for giving him 23 extra minutes. 
Fuck yeah. When you call, when you call, when you call, and I'm horny. I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been waiting on your party. Don't you know I've been dancing alone at the party? All my friends getting late and I ain't found nobody. We can go back to your place I swear I'll be gone in the morning Just touch me like that, oh baby I don't, I don't need no candlelight You just need to fuck me right Guess I ain't the loving kind I just wanna get some I don't, I don't wanna wait no more Let's do it on the kitchen floor Give me what I'm begging I just wanna do song was Get Some by Ghosted. I think it's time to be honest with you. I'm getting really nervous and I'm not going to give you a spiel. I'm going to tell you the truth. Patreon is the thing that kept us going during lockdown. It's the thing that kept me going during lockdown. And I mean, Patreon is how I got a podcast. When I had no live show, it kept this podcast going. Podcasting isn't free. There's podcast editing, which I cannot do and I have to pay somebody to do. It paid for podcast licensing. It paid for hosting. It paid for so much more. And Patreon has taken a hit 
as people saw the world come back and thought everything was okay. Everybody's Patreon went back down because we thought the world had resumed. But live shows did not go back to normal. One of the reasons that the Folsom show is going away is because it's just not sustainable the way it is. And that's part of the changes that I'm incorporating. So I'm hoping that you will consider supporting us on Patreon as I try and figure out what's next, as I adjust my live show schedule because we're not getting the sort of attendance we used to. And I wanna learn how to do this better. Whether that means going back to some version of the shows that we used to do during the pandemic, doing Zoom shows again, whether it's taking the show out on the road and seeing if I can bring the show to other cities because there are people asking for this in other places in the world. And I'd appreciate it if you consider joining us on Patreon. Join the club. It's at patreon.com slash body. Thanks for considering it. I hate to ask. I don't like asking for favors. And if you have ideas for Patreon rewards, I'd love to hear them. Thanks in advance for your support. I love this time we spend together every week. Thank you for listening to this podcast, for enjoying the stories, for telling me what you think about them, for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the things that I'm supposed to say as a podcaster. But more importantly, I know your time is valuable, and I really appreciate that you spend time with me. It's a gift, and it means a lot to me. And I want you to know that. And I also want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, to Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Donald Mooney, Ruben Tan, Ty McKenzie, Joe Moore, and podcast producer Roman Den Haldeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator. This has been episode 243 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Oh, big, big love.